This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. People, events, ideas. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. I think if we're being honest, we all do all of those things, so let's take the idea of minds out of it and assume we're all capable of discussing any of the above things. The question then becomes, do we? Which category do most of our conversations fall under? And what makes one better than another? C.S. Lewis talks about this same idea in his book The Four Loves in the Friendship section. Friends, unlike familial relationships, are chosen. They're chosen not because one person or another is nice, but because of mutual interests. When friends get together, their conversations may touch on events or people, but primarily they fall back on discussing the thing that bound them together to begin with, the idea that they both love. Maybe it's theology. Maybe it's mathematics. Maybe it's knitting or hockey or writing. The what doesn't matter. What matters is the discovery of someone else who loves it like you do. It creates a camaraderie that forms the basis of the relationship. And though you usually end up learning everything else about the person too, and caring about it, that everything else, the people and events of a person's life, are still somewhat incidental to the binding agent of ideas. Case in point, my best friend is Stephanie Morrill, YA writer. We met at a writer's conference. Up until then, we both had many friends from our general lives, great friends even, to whom we were bound by faith or shared experiences or other interests. But it only took a few months for us to become best friends because we shared the same primary interest, writing. Now, that was 13 years ago. Over those 13 years, we have learned all about each other's families, daily lives, beliefs, hang-ups, faults, strengths, dreams, fears, you name it. Our friendship certainly isn't only about writing at this point, but even now, a huge percentage of our conversations are about writing in one form or another. We check in via a video app once a week to report on our work. We share nearly daily not only what's going on in our lives, but what's going on in our stories. We are best friends, but at the core of that is that we are writing friends, because we each define ourselves primarily as a writer. When I first shared the Eleanor Roosevelt quote with my husband, who had heard it before, it helped us put words to some of our thoughts about other conversations we encounter in our day-to-day life. Every day, we take a walk. The purpose of the walk is to share our thoughts and take care of any planning for the day, so then we can both go to work without interrupting each other a million times for these things. However, inevitably, our conversations drift away from the practical, who's going to take the kids to youth group this week? What time do we want to plan this meal with so-and-so? And it goes to ideas. What is the purpose of art? Why do some stories resonate and others fall flat? Why do some churches scoff at transubstantiation and others hold it as the most precious and sacred thing? I don't think this says anything about our minds being particularly great, but I do think it speaks to the habits we've formed in our relationship and the fact that our relationship has its foundation in a lot of shared ideas. But let's chat for a minute about why there's a hierarchy of subjects. Let's start with people. Anyone can talk about other people, right? And to a point, we need to. I need to know that my grandmother was taken to the hospital and how she's doing. I need to know when my parents will be out of town. I even need to know what Stephanie's neighbor is up to in that it impacts her life. 
I wouldn't call talking about people small-minded, but I would call it normal, even ordinary. It's what anyone can do, and what comes all too easily. And it's also what leads us into the sin of gossip, because talking about people doesn't usually just involve facts, it involves judgment. Lewis also observes in The Four Loves that the human mind wants to make every distinction one of value, which is to say, we can't compare without deciding one is superior to another. We can't even compare two colors of shirts without deciding which one we prefer. Well, the same goes for people. We can't note a distinction between Mr. A and Miss B without judging between them. We can't compare them to ourselves without either feeling lacking or superior. We can't see two lovely people without trying to decide who's lovelier, or nicer, or smarter, funnier, more faithful, you name it. This doesn't only lead us to gossip. It leads us to things like bullying, sexism, racism, bigotry, religious extremism, terrorism, genocide. So many of society's problems come from comparing people. Then we have events. We can view this as just the facts, the news, the things happening. Certainly not bad things to know, but as I'm sure we've all run into time and again, there's really no such thing as just the facts without a slant. This is, again, something we as humans just naturally do. We interpret facts. And how are we interpreting them? Through what lens? One of the things my husband is most famous for saying is, know your why. This call to self-awareness is so crucial. If you know why you do something, why you view events the way you do, why you make the choices you make, why you view the people in the way you do, then you can perform a self-check on whether it's right, whether it's good, whether it's the way God views those people or events. If you know why an event is being interpreted in a certain way, whether by you or someone else, then you can guard against the slant. You're basically turning the event into an idea. Let's take the riots last year as an example, because they served to open my eyes to this in a lot of ways. If you view it simply as events, riots, destruction, violence, then you're simply going to condemn those involved. But if you look past the events to the ideas behind them, to the people hurting, to the desperation, the cry to be seen, then you could well view the event in a different way. It doesn't negate the facts of violence, but it gives them a broader context, a way that might make you ask, what would it take to push me to that point? And what can I do to help? Instead of just judging and condemning. Ideas, you see, invite us to look at things from new perspectives. They challenge us. They make us stretch and grow. Aristotle says that all men by nature seek to learn. My favorite translation actually puts it this way. All men by nature stretch themselves out toward knowing. That is the power of talking about ideas with other people who also like to talk about ideas. It stretches us out toward knowing. It invites us deeper into the events and people we know by asking the bigger questions about who they are, what makes them want what they want, what fuels the events of their day, what we can do to interact with or change them. Of course, if you only ever talk about ideas and never put action to them, you won't accomplish very much. Even this requires a balance, right? Something I am so guilty of. I'm great at ideas, but less great at following through on them. But the first step to going deeper in life, dreaming bigger dreams, growing closer to God, is always to turn your own thoughts and conversations along that path. 
Expand it from people to events, and then from events to ideas. Ask why. Ask how. And approach every topic with an open mind and heart, always considering first, are my assumptions wrong? If you start there, you are going to be amazed at the new ideas and the new truths that become clear to you. And soon, you'll find yourself making Eleanor Roosevelt proud. More, you'll find yourself drawing ever nearer to the God of all truth, who cautions us against judging others and viewing the world through human eyes. It will draw us ever closer to seeing things through his eyes instead. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Teas and Totes, bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteasandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv slash podcast for other shows I know you'll love.